Welcome, I'm Larry Olson, and what's on your mind? Once set, it delivers your life. To change the outcomes we want, we must change the plays we're running. Join us at Mindset Playbook with real people, real talk, for real insight. Today's episode is sponsored by Apernio, an achievement acceleration company whose approach to professional development enables clients to gain insights and perspectives to live, work, and engage with more success. I'd like to welcome all of you to Mindset Playbook podcast. And I want to thank, thank you for taking the time to, to tune in because uh, you have no idea how important that is to, to us as hosts and, and uh, interviewers to realize that you could be listening to anything and going anywhere and doing whatever, but something drew you to this. And, and so it's up to us now to make this well worth your while and hopefully exceed your expectations, which I think we will easily be able to do with our guest today. Um, my guest today is Jamie J, who I first met as a guest on his live stream show, Live with Bottleneck, where I felt really clicked with this guy. And as a result, I asked Jamie to be my guest on Mindset Playbook, and here we are. Uh, Jamie J is a founder and managing director of Bottleneck Distant Assistance, which we will get into and elaborate more on exactly what that is. And he's been sourcing distant assistance from the Philippines since 2006 is kind of where his first one began. The BNDA is a team of remote-based professionals dedicated to assisting ambitious leaders to identify, hire, and cultivate remote team members, which you can imagine how crucial and critical that always is, but especially in the uh, times that we find ourselves now. Uh, Bottleneck Distance Assistance supports entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, C-level execs, founders, business advisors, consultants, legal professionals, real estate executives, professional speakers, podcasts, podcasters, physicians, counselors, and many more. And if you didn't find yourself on that list, then you're probably not breathing because he does not leave anyone out of his quest, which I think is, is tell, says a lot about Jamie and his, his big arms. As the need for distant assistance continues to ride, Jamie enjoys sharing his industry expertise with a service dedicated to business growth systems, processes, and company culture development. Wow. What are you doing in your spare time? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Jamie J. Thank it's you a, so much, Larry. It's a very pleasure to have you. Uh, you know, with your great energy and refreshing personality, You've launched such an ambitious program. Would you mind sharing with us how this bottleneck distance assistance program began to begin with? And probably most importantly, why? Yes. And thank you again for uh, letting me borrow your time and uh, just appear on your platform. I am super honored. Uh, and, and I'm not just saying that I was excited about this all day. So I'm really oh, stoked and excited to be here. That means the world um, to me. Thank you very much. <laughs> so back in 2006, um, I was approached by a gentleman that was from the Philippines, but we were in California and okay. he owned a real estate company. And he asked if I'd like to partner with him in an advertising agency that was real estate based. Hmm. And it would, it hit me out of, you know, the, 
the, just a north wall or whatever you want to left now, field. Was that, was that your background advertising? Uh, kind of yes. I, I was okay. more. Um, I was in corporate America for twelve years. I had uh, been at that point about three years removed from corporate America, and I had my own agency at an SEO and kind of web based agency. And he kind of wanted to get into this advertising, and, and I had worked with him on a couple projects. And I guess he saw something, and he decided to partner with me. And okay. and so I said, okay, yeah, this is great. So we're gonna we're gonna do a magazine. We're gonna publish it monthly and. We distributed it to 12,000 uh, people. And, and then we also did like brand identity, identity and, you know, business cards and websites and things like that. Now, granted, this is in 2006. Hmm. And as a startup, uh, we kind of bootstrapped it ourselves. Like we didn't go out and get any funding or anything like that. And I'm, I'm the epitome of bootstrapping. I'm, I'm very, very cheap in the very beginning because <laughs> um, I really want to, I don't want to owe anybody. So I, we started out and I said, how are we going to do this with all of these things going on? And by the way, we, we ramped up to about, I don't know, 30 or 40 clients in our first wow. two weeks. Like we got a wow. lot of clients right away. So we needed to find a way that we could scale with that um, at an affordable price. And he goes, I have exactly what, know what we're going to do. Uh, I have some friends that are in Cebu City, uh, which is in the southern uh, kind of area of the archipelago there in the Philippines. Mm. And granted, there's no Zoom. There's there's nothing like it was a lot different back then. Sure. But we made it work. We got a project manager. Uh, we got a producer. We got editors. We got uh, designers, web developers, and we made it all work from a very long distance. And one of my friends said, Jamie, you've been social distancing before social distancing was a thing. And I got a good kick out of that. But that's how we started. And uh, 2008 came around. Uh, 2008 was a big housing crisis crunch. And where I lived at the time was in Stockton, California, where one out of every three homes fell into foreclosure. We lost 72 clients in the span of about 30 days. Mm. Uh, so I learned a big yeah. lesson then, but I that never puckers you up a little bit. It, it does. It does. But I never lost the respect, the love, the admiration that I had with the family, my new family that I found, um, whom I'd never met by the way in person. Um, but I just fell in love with their culture. I fell in love with them. I fell in love with their work ethic. I just really enjoyed it. So I continued to use them as I went on throughout the years and then Bottleneck was actually formed from a discussion I was having with a good friend of mine, Mark Hafner. Uh, I, I love that guy. He's a really good friend of mine. And he said, Jamie, you're the bottleneck in your business. And we Ooh. were talking about it. I said, oh, that would be a really good. So I can't give get credit for coming up with a name. That's all Mark Hafner. But I took it and ran with it. And so that's how Bottleneck formed. About four years ago, I was in a mastermind group and the, the other people in the mastermind are like, how are you getting this great help? And I said, well, you know, here, you know, I can find somebody for you. And mm. they said, Jamie, you ought to think about starting a business. So that's what we did. Um, about four years ago, we started Bottleneck. For heaven's sakes. And so what, what, uh, what specifically, like if I, if I took you on for, as a client, for instance, and was interested in expanding my, my podcast business or developing a, a larger listener base. Would that be something in your forte? It would be. Um, we try to be really careful with our messaging. I learned this the hard way. And as you started reading off all those things, I'm starting to go, oh my gosh, I hope I'm not confusing people with our <laughs> messaging because 
we we do have we have bottleneck medical, we have bottleneck real estate, we have uh, about to launch bottleneck dental, so that we can really get our messaging down key. So I'm hoping that doesn't confuse anybody. We actually have five different avatars, but if you come to my website, you can't see them unless you're unless you're um, uh, uh, directed there from. Uh, social media or some advertising or something that we're doing so that it relates to somebody's challenges that they're currently experiencing. So to answer your question, yes, of course, we can help with that. We help others, other people with that. Um, but but we focus mainly on personal assistance and project mm. management. Okay. Now we have what's, web what's developers that assistance? we've placed and I'm sorry. What's personal assistance? So personal assistance. Uh, so for me, I have Raina. She is awesome. And I don't say I have in trying to be a hierarchy. I'm right, boss. Sure. She's where I don't mean that at all. I'm fortunate that she's so fortunate that she works here, but she takes care of, we meet every Monday morning. She says, okay, Jamie, here's your week. She handles my calendar. She handles my emails. Uh, people that want to come on live with bottleneck, she handles all of that process. Um, so we really work together um, well. So that's kind of a personal assistant. She reminds okay. me of upcoming appointments. Uh, you know, when I we went and spoke at an event before COVID, it's a while back, so we haven't done too much of that. But she arranged the flights. She made sure all the equipment got there and shipped there on time. She made all the everything was done. All I had to do was literally show up at the at the at the hotel. And she would even uh, call the the driver to come get us to go to the event. So things like that take a lot of stress off me. So I can really focus on doing things like this and enjoying being in the moment. But you don't create personal assistance for other individuals out there. We do. You yes. Do. So oh, so you. that's what okay. we do. So someone might come to us because they say, oh, my gosh, I'm the bottleneck or I'm overwhelmed. I just don't have enough time. I'm working on the weekends. Uh, you know, I'm missing the kids baseball game because I'm just working, working, working. I got you. And then we will go out and actually source an assistant, a personal assistant for that person. Gotcha. Gotcha. So so if I'm struggling in any area of my life and I look in the mirror to see where the bottleneck lies, I see a reflection of myself because I'm probably trying to do more than not only what my strengths are, but I'm holding back the opportunity for growth and development. Is that kind of what you're saying? A Amen. Exclamation point. And it, oftentimes, Larry, I might add too, okay. it's hard for many of us that are in a, some form of a leadership role is oftentimes tied with a little bit of an A-type personality um, a oh, go-getter, right? <laughs> it's 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 oftentimes hard to realize. Hey, I do need to look in the mirror, and if things aren't going right, no matter if you're right or wrong, chances are you are the bottleneck. It could be in the way that you communicated. Maybe you didn't ask for someone to, you know, repeat what it is that you just said, so that you know that they understand. Maybe not everything is out of your head. Maybe you haven't documented everything properly, and someone hasn't, you know, been able to come back and say, reflect on that, and say. Okay, so I understand this is what you want me to do. Oh, no, 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 not that. Do this. Oh, okay, I got it. Just those okay. little intricacies or nuances. Yeah. I think I think we really need to look at ourselves, like you said, in the mirror, because that's usually where it, it stems from the person at the top, in, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. And I can see where the application of that is in a relationship. Oh. You know, you're complaining the relationship's not going right. And if you find yourself pointing the finger outside of anybody other than self, that's a really tough thing to change. 
because the only person that can change is the individual themselves. Others can't change them. So I see where that's such a, a great a great concept of the bottleneck and the accountability of being able to identify that. Because what I find myself wanting to be is the expert at everything. And, you know, I do my own lighting. I do my makeup. I do my, how are we going to promote it? You know, my, my wife, who has been my partner for 26 years now. Congratulations. Organizational side of it. And, you know, making sure that it's not just a bunch of visionary elements. But I find that I spend a lot of time doing things that maybe I shouldn't be doing. And, and here's another thing that it impressed me about you. There are a zillion people out there who say they can assist you. And it's difficult to find one that really does it coming from the heart, not from the pocketbook. Because I have found you can throw money at anything and that doesn't necessarily mean it works any longer. Hmm. It just means that you go, wow, I shouldn't have made that investment. And that's why I wanted you on this show because of your genuineness, your you're someone who just exudes trust, and that is the, such an imperative element in any kind of a endeavor that we take on with someone other than ourselves. Um, mm. So, I kudos to you on all of that. Oh my gosh, you have no idea how much that means. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Well, that brings <laughs> up my next question. What fantastic insights we are getting into in this episode. If this resonates with you and is provoking and of value, please consider the best-selling book of Get a Vision and Live It by your host, Larry Olson, at Apernio.com. His book has been an inspiration to many of Mindset Playbook's guests, and you'll find everything you need to live the best version of your life now. The results you'll get will absolutely amaze you. Find the book at Apernio.com in the shop. And now, let's get back. You won't want to miss what's to come in this episode of Mindset Playbook. And, and, and that is, where the heck did that come from? Let's take a look at the little guy, the little Jamie. And, you know, he's, he's just running around. He's probably got a bunch of energy. Or were you a couch potato? Why don't you kind of reflect back on the environment that you were kind of nurtured in and, and where you think kind of this excitement and um, just warmth comes from? Uh, well, that's a pretty heavy question. Uh, I have to attribute where I come from. Um, I had a little bit of a rough uh, upbringing, you know, a couple dads and uh, things okay. like that. And dad, How old were you when, when, you had, when the dad started to shift on you? I think I was four or oh. five. Wow. Um, and then I was adopted by my stepdad who uh, became, and he was a little bit rough with me, a little okay. physical and um, oh boy, kind of demeaning and, and uh, made me a little afraid of things and, and sure. made me um, really um, have a lack of confidence. Um, gotcha. And I think some of that still carries through today. I, I even see some mannerisms I do because I grew up, you know, whew, probably, yeah, probably about, 12 or 13 years, I think is oh, uh, he was my father figure. And, and those are such informative years, James. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, he ended up getting arrested for embezzlement. Um, <sighs> he's since passed, but I mean, it was just, it was just, I had a very weird upbringing, but he my didn't know mom, how to be a dad. No, no. 
Yeah. My mom was the constant. She gotcha. was, uh, she loved my brother and I. Um, this, was it just your brother and you? It was just my brother and me. Um, was he older, younger? Well, I have an older brother who passed. I have a oh. younger brother who passed. Oh, and, sorry. Oh my gosh. And then my mom passed last March. Oh, for him. And so sake. it was, it was, it was a big deal. Yeah. Um, uh, I, my little brother was my best friend. Uh, in the entire world. Uh, so that kind of rocked it. Sure. Um, and then what what made things even worse coming from that is I found myself homeless uh, at two points. Uh, okay. One, when we were kids, okay. uh, we actually, my brother, myself, the two poodles, my mom, and my uh, stepdad, the adopted father, um, while he was out looking for work, we stayed in a 1979 Brown Suburban um, in the in the mid 80s. Uh, and for quite some time, I finally got a job at McDonald's. I used our paycheck, um, made me really, that was the first time I was, I finally f- thought, man, I really accomplished something here because I was able to I'm take sure. a, a small paycheck from McDonald's in 1986. I was 16 years old and I was able to afford um, two nights at hotel a week. So we were able to go and get our showers and do all of that. Um, So I think having that perspective, and then once when I was a little bit older, um, and uh, I don't know if it was because I was too stubborn, prideful, I had an opportunity to go and live, you know, with friends and stuff. And I was just so prideful. Um, But I, 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 I've very, I've learned a lot about humility. And I think I carry that a lot with me today is when, um, I feel we're doing very well at Bottleneck, and I'm so blessed to be surrounded by so many awesome people. I've married the most beautiful woman in the world uh, in in my eyes, and she's just amazing. And we have this fantastic life. And and much like you, she handles a lot of the operational and the accounting and things like that to keep mm-hmm. us on track. And uh, blessed to have that relationship. But yeah. I, I I think this humility that I gained throughout the years has kind of kept me grounded. I remember being so hungry once that I had to go to a McDonald's and beg somebody for some money. And I finally got enough money to get a hamburger. I actually got two cheeseburgers. And, uh, and I remember taking a bite of that and going, Oh, and just savoring it's McDonald's, but I just savored that taste to this day. When I eat, every time I take my first bite, it kind of like, wow. appreciate this, appreciate yeah. this, yeah. you know? So how did you, that. Jamie, how did you, I mean, these, this is just uh, such a big chunk of your life with all of us as we're developing and, and we have our, whatever guardianship we happen to come up with. And as far as those that are leading and mentoring theoretically, um, to be able to not become a victim. I mean, Mm. that it's so, our brain likes to take shortcuts. And one of the biggest shortcuts is to give up. It's just to, and then as soon as we make that decision to give up, we find out all the reasons why it was a good decision because we start blaming and we start, it's, you know, I had two dads and I was homeless and what do you expect? Now, something to, something was unique inside of you that diverted that path for you. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about it on the humility side, and you also talked about it on the prideful side. And I don't mean the, the sin of pride. I'm talking about the, the fact that you were going to do it alone. You mentioned earlier that when you were building the business, you didn't want to be indebted to anyone. Mm. 
And I wanted to come back to that because I knew that stemmed somewhere, that came from something. So how did you divert becoming a victim? Because that's very interesting and powerful, a story to share with all of us that you may not even have been aware of that that was a part of who you are. Uh, I can tell you exactly when it happened. When I was able to get the hotel, I saw my mom's face light up. She was finally going to get a shower. And I never wanted to let my mom down. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Powerful, powerful moment to be able to look into someone that gave you the opportunity to be involved in life to begin with. And then to know the struggles that she'd been going through and all you could do is watch because yeah. of your age. And, and then the choices she made weren't always in the best interest, but heck, nobody's an expert at picking a partner. No. Nope. And um, you didn't take anything away from her love from you, but then for that to take place, whew, that's a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. Big time, big time. Yeah. That was a, that was a big deal. And that continued on. And my mom's goal for me was she didn't want to see me like that ever again. And she was so happy because uh, before she passed last year, I was able to take care of a lot of the bills and a lot of the stress and a lot of that stuff. And she was so happy that, uh, you know, we were finally coming back around. It was, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That's, that's great stuff. Great stuff. So what, what can you tell folks that are listening to this that have their own business um, of where you can come in and assist in uh, getting them perhaps further along than the track they're on now or provide them with the type of, uh, wherewithal or, or information that'll kind of streamline some of the things they're attempting to do currently? Well, I think you nailed it. Um, when you, I mean, your show is all about mindset. I think that's what this is. And I think um, understanding, looking in the mirror and establishing that mindset and being cognizant of that and understanding that, understanding that you, there's a vision. Mm-hmm. It's really important to have that vision. You and I just had a conversation about that on Clubhouse the other day. Uh, vision is incredibly important because you have to, yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. You have to aspire to want something bigger and greater than yourself. Uh, that's how I feel. Gotcha. Um, and and uh, for me, mission is a daily objective, something I do every single day to achieve what that vision is. Yeah. I, I think one of the important things is when you get bogged down, you start you started a company and now you have a job. Um, it's because there's certain things in becoming a business owner that you're going to find that you're not good at, nor does it give you any energy. And that's yeah. not what you signed up for, but yeah. it's, it's very important things that need to get done. Um, but I being, be cognizant of that and identify the areas of your business that you don't necessarily um, thrive in doing, yeah. or you're just not good at. And then document these things. I love I love the saying, do something as if it's the last time you're ever going to do it. I learned that from the great Scott Beebe. Do, do, do something as if it's the last time you're ever going to do it, meaning document, document, document. Get the stuff that's in your head out and write it down so that when time does come and start this like today. Yeah. 
take small little, um, you know, tasks and start saying, okay, this is how I check my email. Um, this is how I schedule a call. This is how I submit my podcast to get edited. This is how I blah, 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 fill in the blanks. And start documenting that. You don't need to do it all at once because you're already overwhelmed, most likely. Sure, but sure. just start taking little bits and pieces of that. And that's so helpful in preparing for the need because what you'll start seeing are all those things that, number one, that you don't have to do yourself and you can delegate to somebody else. And number two, totally drains you of energy. And now you can start segmenting those roles and responsibilities are those responsibilities, I'm sorry, into a role where now when time comes and you're prepared for it, you can start handing these off and you hand them off much in the same way that you started documenting that small bits and pieces at a time to prevent overwhelm. Uh, no more than say two to five tasks in a given month to train somebody on so that they can execute those tasks um, up to your level. And since now they're, they're going to be focusing on that, that most likely they're going to improve that process and get back to you and you're like, wow, I didn't think of that. Yes. Thank you. And slowly, but surely over the scope of 30, 60, 90 days, you're a new person. Wow. Wow. That's, that's uh, uh, very unique. And it's, uh, it's very empowering too, because now you're not delegating the stuff you don't want to do in the sense of trash and low on the responsibility end which never empowers anybody. You're, you're talking about things that are going to be instrumental in the success of the business or the family or whatever, or whatever it may be, because I think this is applicable to all areas of life. Um, you know, you, um, you talk about vision and we've, like you said, we've both had conversations around it and it's, it's such a difficult term for a lot of people to understand. And what I mean by that for people who go, I, well, I know what a vision is. That's not, not what I mean. I mean, articulating something that we take for granted is oftentimes used with words that we think everybody understands. And so we can just kind of go off in different directions thinking that someone is following us because they're bobbleheading us. Yes. Which is never an indication of understanding. <laughs> so what did I just say? Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> you get people in that sometimes. Exactly. You know, <laughs> hey, I forgot where I was tracking. Could you please bring me up to speed? I found that invaluable when I'm doing presentations or I'm, you know, doing a seminar or whatever. And more often than not, I have forgot where I'm going. So I would like to take more credit for it. Win-win. <laughs> Win-win. Exactly. Um, your, your, how do you, how do you, would you suggest, because we talked about this before, that this vision, this positive thinking, this soft, these soft factors that we know have dramatic results on hard numbers, um, sometimes get placated, sometimes they're discounted. And and you get even the word vision and mm. everybody, oh yeah, I got a vision, you know. Um, tell me, you spoke about something greater than self and that turns people into spirituality and religion, um, even though that may not be the direction you're heading in. So share what vision is without using some of the usual words you use to describe it. Awesome. I can, I love this. So 
vision for me, um, we actually developed a, <laughs> a whole thing on this. For me, the vision is what I aspire to do. So in this moment, I'm selfishly referring to what my personal vision is, which by the way, happens to carry over to our work, our business. And it's really important that I express honestly what I want to do with my life, what I'd hope to do, um, who I want to involve that in, who I want to bring along with me and who I want to participate in this journey with. And if I can say that honestly with all of my heart, I know other people that have a similar belief system or share a similar belief system will want to join in on that and be part of that and not follow me, but be with me as mm. we go into this next thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. I call it the ripple effect. And without okay. getting in too wordy or anything like that, the like we have a vision statement, you know, and sure. I can say that. And it's kind of, I probably need to improve on it because it sounds kind of corporate-y. <laughs> but if I'm talking my own terminology, I call it the ripple effect. And what the ripple effect is, we take care of ourselves first, our own backyard. And what does that mean? Uh, I, I I go for a walk every day with my wife. I stay healthy. I try not to eat too many things, but I did get some uh, some chocolates at Sam's when we went the other day. But I try to be as healthy as I as I possibly can. Um, but I also um, take income that we have here and I share it with people in my local community, um, okay. whether it's sponsoring a kid for hockey or doing, you know, supporting the the college hockey team or, or whatever it is that we're doing. Um, I, I love being able to do that and contribute on a local level. Then hopefully I can grow to more of a regional level and reach out. We recently donated to the Pennsylvania Breast Cancer Foundation and I'm in Missouri. Um, sure. And yeah. And that, that was really, really cool. It was something we believed in, we were passionate about. Um, and then we hope to go to a national level. We've do, done some national things that we want to do global. Mm-hmm. If we can affect people on a global level in a positive way, holy cow. And I'll give you a case. Um, we had somebody that worked for us. And by the way, if they're using us as a stepping stone because they have a, a dream, a desire, a vision of their own, I'm the first person that's going to sign their letter of recommendation or whatever it is. I, we had someone that was an incredible violinist and her goal was to get to Juilliard. Now she's not mm. at Juilliard yet, but she's playing with the Manila symphony. Mm. Mm. And she was able using this ripple effect mentality to get people to donate violins where she could go and teach children in the Philippines, how to play violin that couldn't afford to play violin. Wow. That's the ripple effect. That's the vision. That's mm-hmm. where we want to get to. And I could definitely go into detail about what my wife and I specifically want, but I, I know we're, sure. we have time, but, but that's what it is to us. So everything that we're doing now, we feel with all of our heart and soul that what we're doing today is, is in essence, a kind of vehicle that's going to take us there. And we're going to be helping others achieve their visions along the way because of the business that we're in. And, and I just have to say, there's one thing that, that really rang true. And I got a little emotional earlier when I was talking about my mom, much in the same way, I kind of got emotional from a client call. Mm. They called and it was a husband uh, that was a client. He had been in business for three years. He hired us three months earlier. He had not taken a Saturday off. And he called on a Saturday morning and said, Jamie, I just want to let you know I'm here with my wife and my kid. I'm not working today. And I want to say thank you. His wife got the phone and said, Jamie, thanks for giving me my husband back. That blew my mind because now 
He was going out to the movies that night. He's contributing to the local economy. Everything from the ripple effect that we believe it to be, I saw happening through someone else that we were working with. Beautiful. And it, that's my personal kind of overview of what vision is. Yeah. Yeah. Vision. Vision is a, um, is something that we all have, isn't it? We all have vision. It's how we see. And yet what to do with what we see is so important because that's how we get what we are attempting to accomplish. And speak to me about how you see vision as a filter because there's so much information out there. There's so, it's so easy to get overwhelmed. And my definition is overwhelmed is thinking what your next, what you have to do before you finish what you're doing. That just, that's a a ripple effect, isn't it? Pretty soon you're overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, How, how do you see, because I understand it's from a biological perspective. How do you see vision as, uh, as a, um, a blessing to someone without one because of its ability to filter. Well, I think it, um, and, and I hope I'm going to be answering this in, in the way that you would hope I'd answer it. But I'm, I'm thinking that for me, vision's kind of related to core values and, and it helps with that decision-making process. Uh, and I don't believe in work-life balance. I believe in life balance. All the decisions yeah. you make either at work in person and your personal life, it all goes towards that, that ultimate vision. And I can even dumb it down to uh, us trying to buy a truck two years ago. We went to the first place, three of the four of our core values were checked. The fourth was not, we went on to the next place, all four were checked, easy decision for us to make to, to move forward. And we're really glad we did because we have an extended relationship with them now. And we absolutely love, loved our time there. And, And I think, I think being able to decide or make decisions without really having to go, Oh gosh, I wonder, should I do this? I wonder, you know, it just saves so much time. And you know, as long as it aligns with your core values and your vision, um, making those decisions prevent a lot of overwhelm or prevent, you know, do you always make the right? No, you don't, but it, it really prevents a lot of that unneeded anxiety um, that I used to experience quite a bit. Um, wondering, Oh gosh, should I do this? Should I not wonder? I wonder, ah, flip the coin. No, I, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I really think that's helped, helped me along, help my wife and I in our decision-making process, um, you know, and prayer, whatever anybody wants to say. I think, I think that's what I think it is. If I hope that was okay. No, I, I, well, I, I didn't want to come across like I was leading the witness on that one. (laughs) Because I want to learn. I don't want to just have people already tell me what I already know. And, and, and sometimes what I think I know cannot be expanded if I'm not open to hearing someone else's perspective on it or point of view. Oh, smart. And so that allows me to go, you know, do you really want to hang on to this belief any longer? You know, because our beliefs serve us at certain times. It doesn't necessarily mean they always serve us now. But you said something very powerful, and you talked about the importance of values and how when you went in to buy this truck, some you got it, it, we we first perceive it as a vibe. We get a feeling, we get emotionalized because something is not right, and that triggers our whole system to protect itself. And what you found out is one of the values was not being exhibited. 
And so that led you in another direction. Had you just ignored that, then you would have not created the positive ripple effect. That would have come back to haunt you. And, you know, that's like someone hasn't decided yet that one of their values is honesty. And so they go to a grocery store and they buy a tube of toothpaste and they give the, uh, the person a $5 bill and they give them change for 100 Mm-hmm. And they start to think about how big this grocery store is and how much money it makes and how shiny all the shelves are. And they go, well, they'll never miss this. But somebody who's already decided that they're honest, it's easy to make the decision. Oh, excuse me, I gave you a five. You gave me change for a hundred. Now, do you know any grocery stores or any businesses that are going to tell the individual after they're figuring out their bank and they're going to turn in at the end of the night in their $95 short? that uh, they're going to go, oh, that's okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. No. So the implications that we have on other human beings, which I'm a firm believer in the law of reciprocity, why would we want that to come back to us? You, you, and right? not even that, how, how, does, how good does it feel that you said that you were honest and like honesty feels good? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> it, it it does, doesn't it? Yeah, I, yeah. It's a oof. It feels so good. You know, yeah. it's just it's like this conversation we're having. Um, you're sharing how you see the world. I'm sharing how I see the world. We're not saying that that's the only way to see the world. We're just sharing how some things work better than other things. And as you go through life, you begin to realize that, you know, I don't think I'm going to do that again. Mm. You know, I didn't realize that was going to have that implication. Or you get information like you did from that client that has his wife come on the phone and say, thank you for giving my husband back. I mean, you can't put a price on that. No. That just, all that does is tell you I'm on track. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm getting closer to vision. And I don't think we ever accomplish vision. I think vision just keeps more expanding and expanding and expanding. Because we don't can't see it as large as it could be since we haven't had the accomplishments yet to kind of create that confidence in ourself, which is unfortunate that we have to get accomplishments to create the confidence in ourself. But that's how we've been kind of brought up. So yeah. you have you, you there's a little bit of can, a paradigm. Can I say one thing yes, about, about vision too that that you uh, it, oh no, I it just was a thought. And um I've I've had, I've recreated my vision. Okay. So we started with a vision and, 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 and I've grown since I've learned, I've had more mm. data, more input and, you know, more experience. And, and so we've changed our vision or it, it has changed over time and that's perfectly fine. But I think that when you're starting out with anything, it's always good to associate a vision with whatever you're feeling at the time. And just know that if things change in the future, your vision can change. That's yeah. that's okay. I I just wanted that. To, I just wanted to say that. No, that's and I have to remember this. Is, you're my guest, and this is about you. Oh no, and no, no! <laughs> I get excited sometimes about the concept we're we're dealing with because I I can really expand it with you. You've got a great understanding of of it anyway, and and more importantly, you know, you've got you've got the the missing link. And there was a, you've probably heard this, but it's a, a great comment that God gave you everything to be successful except one thing. I haven't heard that. You know what it is? Experience. 
experience. Oh, that's good. And and that's what we have to recognize is that we already have it all. Whatever your belief system may be, you didn't design your neurons or your digestive system. I mean, this is this was this was a project that was created beyond you and without your help. Now all we're being asked to do is to take care of it. And this short period of time that we have on this in this thing called life what kind of outcomes are we creating? You know, we all make a difference. The question is, what kind of difference are we making? And I want people to understand that you've decided on purpose and with your wife and your company that we want to make this difference. And that difference makes all the difference. So kudos in actualizing what a lot of books are written about, what a lot of leaders are attempting to accomplish, and and that is to create something meaningful. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It means it means a lot. <laughs> well, you, you know, you you mean a lot. You you touch people in a very short period of time, in a very positive way. Um, I I have found, and I wanted to get your get your feedback on this. And then you can send me a bill later, okay? <laughs> um, when I, my as, as I, I don't know if I shared it on your show or not, but my business started with first a vision and then a phone call. And it was an outsider that had somehow heard about some work I'd done with another company. And the next thing I know, I'm, I, I built my business. And that was 26 years ago this May. And with COVID... And my getting involved in an organization for what I thought was going to be a 10-year period, four years into it, COVID hits, boom. I, I'm, I don't know how to get business. So I had to con- just completely reinvent myself. And I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many roads I've gone down that, that haven't created any return on investment yet. Wow. And so one begins to wonder about one's relevance and and it should never go that way you follow me yeah it should be that that didn't work instead of do i not work any longer mm. and what i mean by work is is it relevant is it meaningful is it can it can it bring in you know an income can it be beneficial to someone and so you looking at that and i'm not asking for Oh yeah, you're valuable, Larry. I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about. It's <laughs> like, how do you make that kind of shift? Where my whole business was networking. One client would tell another client would tell another client, and and you know that's just how it went. I didn't know any better, so I wasn't building a base. I wasn't developing new prospects, and and so now I'm I'm you know in my in in my prime as far as is never knew what I've known like I know now, if you will. Um, what does someone do with that when that kind of shift takes place in their lives? Because I know there's a lot of listeners out there that uh, have, are having the same thing happen, but in different ways. So if, if I understand correctly, how do you make the shift from, from me thinking I'm doing wrong versus? No, from, from business coming from people telling other people to now nobody knows who the heck Larry Olson is. So now it's a marketing plan. It's a different effort. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, 
I think it's, I, I have to, I, I think it's having conversations okay. um, from one to many and sharing your story, being authentic. And I, I'm almost that ugh, it irks me to say authentic because it's overused so much, but I, there's a, there's like a true authenticity, I think. And if you truly believe um, that you're in a position to help another person's livelihood and help their family, help their kids. Uh, we have people on our team that have bought their first car ever, mm. the, a first home ever. Yeah. And th- that's just that you have to really believe in your heart of hearts that you're there um, as, to serve others. Okay. And now do we need to get paid? Yes. Do we have bills? Yes. Is, is money a good thing? Yes. It all is a good thing, but I put a higher value on how I'm able to affect someone else in a positive, in a positive way rather than me. Don't get me wrong. You have to take care of yourself first. I get that. But I really think if you can, if you can go one to many, hop on as many podcasts and, and, you know, get to speaking events, boy, if you can speak at places or whatever, um, get an opportunity to write a book. Oh my gosh. Um, that's an incredible, um, experience. I'm doing that right now. I've I've never realized how challenging it was, (laughs) but it's, it's fun. And it's a great way of, of being able to get, get your message out there. And then I would say also, Make sure that you look at a category design. Um, design your category in a. We are the world's first distant assistant company. Am I going to trademark distant assistant? No. I want other people to use distant assistant and refer to them in the way that we describe them and have built that that category. So words matter. Figure out what it is that you do, what you excel at. And where you're different, never better than anybody else, but where you're different. And I think if you can find that difference and latch on to that, come up with a word that describes that difference and go from there. Be the category king, the category queen. The category kings, by the way, will retain 76% of that category. Um, it's been proven fact. You can go read it, read it in, in Play Bigger by Christopher Lockhead and, 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 and the other authors that wrote that book. But Category design is a, a really, really big deal. And it's more than branding. It's more than, um, you know, marketing. It's before strategy. It's designing the category that you want to play in so that you're not a small fish in a big pond. I don't want to be in the virtual assistant world. I want to create the distant assistant world. And in doing so, now my my belief system, my motivation, all of that mm-hmm. is so much more at, at it's playing at such a higher level now. And I think that's the big deal is that, um, make sure you understand what category design is and, and how can you be different than every single person out there? And it's not necessarily first to market. It's first to nail that category. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you very much. Cause what I hear from that is, is, when we get into it, what can I do instead of what can I do for others? Um, no matter how hard you try, you're just spinning your wheels because you're making it all about yourself instead of the impact that you can have on the lives of others, which you have just been 
very, very um, articulate and heartfelt in the way you've shared that and explained that to all of us. So I, you know, I, I feel like the achievement acceleration is 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 truly where our uniqueness uniqueness lies, and I think some of it has to do with patience, huh. um, because yeah. you don't always know what's what's coming. You just are looking sometimes and right in front of your face. And I always share with people, you know, if you continue to drive into the future looking through the rearview mirror. Don't expect wonderful things to happen. And since we make all our decisions based on the past, I challenge people when they go home tonight, drive, drive home by simply looking through the rearview mirror. Yeah. And see how it's it probably a big reason why the rearview mirror is real small and the front windshield's really big, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> you think? <laughs> Somebody was had some profound insight on that one. Um Jamie, you what would what would you like people to know about your business before we wrap this up um, to help them get just a little bit more handle on it so that they can because we'll make sure that people know how to get a hold of you and and I I know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to want to do that because your charisma is is amazing. <laughs> um, what would you like to share with everyone? Well, uh, first of all, again, thank you, Larry, for having me on. This is, uh, dang it, I, I almost teared up twice today and uh, doggone it. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, so my apologies for that. But no. uh, I, I did, um, I did want to say one more thing too. Sure. When, when you are focusing on category design, um, don't focus on your product or your service. Focus on the problem. You uh. can talk for eighty percent about the problem, twenty percent about the 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 solution. Gotcha. Um, so pro- problem is is paramount. Um, focus on that. And, and then uh, I, I would say if, if you, if you want to learn more, our provocative point of view here is we help um, very busy uh, executives or business leaders that are spending their time or wasting their time on the wrong things, focus on doing their best work. And basically what that means is uh, people that are spending times on checking email and calendars or, or just doing things that don't provide them. Maybe they're doing the accounting themselves and they just need a bookkeeper to get that off their plate, to free them up, to do things so that they can focus on their zone of genius. That's what we help here at Bottleneck. We help stop the bottleneck in your business by doing that. And, uh, you know, we'd love to chat with anybody or talk with them. We, um, we are, quite a bit different, I would say, than most organizations in that we really help hire, help business leaders learn how to hire better. Uh, it costs $4,129 in the US right now to hire somebody. It can cost mm. you up to nine months salary to fire somebody. Mm-hmm. We try to help people avoid that by giving them this, what we call as a delegation roadmap. That's where I went into things that you must do or must not do. Sure. Then we help them with job roles and responsibilities. We help them with creating meeting agendas and, and we give them a 90-day implementation plan. So for the first 90 days, this is what you do. And at the end of that 90 days, our assistants are trained in workflow management. And so what they'll do is they'll actually document all the workflows that you delegate to them, all the tasks that you delegate to them, and they'll create a workflow manual in your brand with your name, all of that that's used now as an asset for you after the first 90 days. And this can do two things as much as you you know this more than most, Larry. When you have your business documented, 
it, it's so easy to scale. It's it's not so easy. It's easier to scale because you can bring somebody in and you're confident that they can do the task the way that you've already signed off and expect them to do it. And number two, if you ever want to exit and you're documented, <laughs> you're process driven, the valuation on your company just skyrockets. Oh, so it's yeah. a great way for people to start learning how to document that aren't doing that right now or think they are and may not necessarily know if they're doing it correctly. That's what we do. And we come in and really, really want to launch that relationship. And then the final thing I'll say is that the difference between a distant assistant and a virtual assistant, a virtual assistant is a transactional-based relationship. We've all done that. We've gone to Fiverr, Upwork, where you work with somebody, you have a project, they get it back to you, you pay them, bam, it's done through iterations most of the time. With a distant assistant, it's a little bit different. It's an intimate-based relationship, meaning that this person is going to be with you for a, a, a while, hopefully years to come. The longest person on my team has been with me for seven years. They know my tone. <clears throat> they know my voice. They understand the vision so that if anything is happening within an organization, it's all the same messaging. And so when you're, it's much easier to delegate a task and be confident in what you're going to get back because they know that it aligns with the vision and the tone and the voice and all of that stuff. And believe me, if you're going to be scaling a company and you really have dreams of growing a company bigger, that intimacy has to be there. That single voice must be understood in order to have a productive, positive cultural environment. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> That's uh, very, very well articulated. And I think that that is the, the branding of your own ability to back up what you're talking about, because right there, you basically articulated that you folks are dialed in, know exactly what you're doing. And if someone wants to be with someone who cares more about the impact that they're going to have on their own lives and the lives of others by starting to do where their strengths lie, as opposed to doing things that other people could do and probably do better than yourself. Um, it's been a treat, as I, as I knew it would be. Time went by way too fast. Um, I'd, like to, um, I'd like you to just share, Jamie, before we take off. Um, there, as we know, there are people that are challenged. I shared a little bit about how difficult it is to go from networking to start to market. Um, and, I, and I wanted to share that vulnerability because I, I think too many people think that they lack something that because they hear somebody on a radio or television, they have something that they don't have. And that's the last thing in the world we need anybody to be thinking is that they're in lack. And it's just a simply a matter of vision. And what would you share with these people that are, that are struggling a bit that would give them some kind of uh, step up, if you will, a little, little bit of a, of a, uh, of an insight that'll help shift their thinking. Oh, I love this. Um, you heard my story. It's very unique. I haven't heard your story, your upbringing. I haven't heard anybody else's story. Nobody else has had an upbringing the way you've had it. It doesn't matter what it was. Everybody goes through challenges. It's all relevant. 
-hmm. It's based on your upbringing, where you came from and what your experiences were. I can tell you right now, uh, some people that I know in the Philippines have had a much harder upbringing than what I've experienced, even being homeless. Mm -hmm. It's all about embracing your personal journey and, and referencing that and finding people that, that can, uh, um, share that belief, that, that mm. system that you have from your vision. And maybe they can relate to some of the things, some of the things in their past have been similar. Uh, maybe someone went to jail and they got out of jail and, oh my gosh, so did I, if he could do it, I could do it. If she could do it, I could do that. I think embracing your true authentic self here, I am saying authentic again, but yeah. if you embrace that true authentic self, that's really going to make that trajectory just skyrocket because now you're coming from a place of truth, a place of honesty, a place of integrity. This is who you are. If you don't like it, don't be with me. Don't deal with this. But if you like this stuff, let's do this. Let's form it. And that's the importance of community, hmm. bringing together like-minded people to share. Um, and, and that's what I totally heartily believe in. And no matter what your background, you have something utterly magical that has either yet to be presented or has maybe not been presented in the right manner because maybe you're a little bit afraid or a little bit ashamed of, of what's happened or what's transpired. And I say exactly the opposite, man, embrace that, embrace those shortcomings and you'll be amazed at how many people come along with you to, to, to push you up. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, my friend, it's uh, it's that time, and I uh, want to thank everybody for listening today and, and the insights and the generosity that you've had with all of us and, and the great sharings that you've had. Um, and I think everybody recognizes, and if they don't, based on what you said, everyone is exactly where they need to be at this moment right now. And the resources they have are abundant, and you've given some really great great steps and opportunities for people to see the clarity and I don't want anybody to hold back from reaching out and getting you involved in their organization and and their and more importantly into their heart so you've captured me my friend um, you probably wow. hear a little music in the background you listeners out there and you're going to hear Walker now share who our next guest would be and just again from all of us to all of you Thank you for being who you are and continue to bring it to wherever you go so that others may be blessed by your presence. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. And uh, God bless. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, we ask that you please subscribe and share with your friends and associates. Larry's next guest, Skylar Williams, is an award-winning digital marketer who orchestrates his client's vision into reality. His philosophy is that his customers are modern-day cartographers charting their buying journey online, and he is their guide. Skyler is both witty, relevant, and trustworthy, and you're sure to enjoy his calm, philosophical, relaxing view of his vision for both business life and the life you're living now.